Kate. And I'm Jamie. And this is Creeps and Coffee. A show where we talk about the creepiest crime cases around the world. So, let's grab some coffee. And have a chat. hello hello we are back with a new microphone yeah we might sound better hopefully. i think we do yes yeah, somebody decided that the last microphone looked really tasty mm-hmm. it was caitlin yep, i'm really sorry so i just get snacky you know and nothing looks more delicious than the cord to a microphone precisely it definitely was not bug no no couldn't be for any new listeners, Bug is a cat. And she's a bitch. <laughs> and I say that with the utmost love and respect. Of a mom. <laughs> exactly. Well, what's new with you, Jane? What's what's so special about today's episode? It's my birthday week. It's your birthday week. Happy birthday. Thank you. So if anyone wants to donate, I really need money and it's my birthday. <laughs> this is the first birthday in how many years that... We've been able to spend together, you and I. Have we ever celebrated my birthday together? Yeah, when we were kids. But it's been, I'm going to give it at least 10 years. Really? Yeah. I have no recollection. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are celebrating this year by making a podcast. How does it feel that it's Jamie week? Feels like nothing has changed. (laughs) Okay, well, we are going to have fun. And I'm excited for your birthday because I hate my own birthday, but I love other people's. No, I, I hate my own birthday as well. Well, it's just another reminder that I'm one year closer to leaving this mortal coil. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh. we're going to die. <laughs> Creeps and Coffee, a show where we talk about the dark parts of the world around us. Cryptids, conspiracies, things that go bump in the night, and the crimes behind the scariest creatures of all, humans. Join us as we take a look at the stories sure to give you the creeps. Pull up a seat, grab a coffee, and let's have a chat. So, because... On my birthday, which is March 25th, if anyone cares to know. Jamie let me talk about Titanic for so long. Mm. I thought it's only fair that Jamie gets to talk about something that she enjoys, even though I also enjoy this thing. (laughs) So, yay! So this is technically not about that thing, but we're going to connect it as much as possible. Exactly. We're sort of going to talk about Stranger Things. (laughs) Ooh! And if you don't know what that is, what? What is, why? <laughs> Go look it up. Are you okay? If you download Netflix, you Un- can. Unfortunately, we don't have a promo code for you. No, no, the promo code is sponsor us, hashtag Creeps and Coffee. Yeah, that's, that sounds That'll right. That'll get you 10% off of no purchases. Yeah. On Netflix.com. Yeah. Or .ca. Or. Work. Mm, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely Netflix.org. That's what it is. I had not seen a single episode of Stranger Things until about two months ago mm. uh, when Jamie's mom told me that I would be disowned if I didn't start watching it. 
So, uh, Tammy, I will let you know. I am almost. I've got two episodes left. So We should watch one tonight. Yeah. She only has two episodes left. If you know what that means, you know what that means. I don't know what that means, but I know that I'm almost back in the Heptage family. (laughs) And there may be tears tonight. Yeah. If I'm watching it with you, there will be tears. There usually is. Yeah. So anyway, this isn't Stranger Things. But it kind of is. But it kind of is. So I, my document on Google was Stranger Things, true accounts, question mark. (laughs) Cue Stranger Things soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Can't play the real song. Yeah. We'll get copyrighted. I think that was good enough. I think so. Yeah. Forgot this was on my head. (laughs) We're wearing birthday hats again. I was like, what is this? Okay, so to start off, this according to the CIA may or may not have happened. The CIA says that about literally everything. Yeah, so it may have not happened, but I'm going to say it may have happened. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Montauk Project. Am Mm -hmm. I saying that right? I think so. It feels right. It feels right? But I've been known to mispronounce things. What? You? Just a little. No. So this was branded a conspiracy theory, but I don't think it really qualifies as one. I feel like it's just a sketchy government project. The government is never sketchy. I don't know what oh. you're talking about. They yeah. never have secret projects. I trust them fully. Yeah, obviously. I mentioned it to my dad the other day, and he was like, is that an American government military thing? And I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, and he was like, that sounds about right. (laughs) I was like, Dad? The things that that man knows. Yeah, so the basis of this project was that it was an American government project. Gasp! American! Um, Ooh. Sorry. uh, Conducted at something called Camp Hero or the Montauk Air Force Station in Montauk, New York. Not New York, New York. Just Montauk, New York. God, I love New York accents. I used to do an accent from The Real Housewives of New York. I would make my mom piss herself laughing. You should do it now. No. Please. No. It's my birthday. I'll do it for you later. Okay. Whoa. We gotta go. Are we role-playing now? Oh my god. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this project was actually developed... For the purpose of psychological warfare techniques. Mm. It also focused on research, including developing teleportation, mind control, time travel. Naturally. And contact with extraterrestrial life. Aliens, you say? Yeah. Don't know if those are real. They are. Oh, okay. So what does this have to do with Stranger Things? Well, so... The funniest connection is actually that Stranger Things, the original title, was called Montauk. Oh. So it's pretty direct comparison. Uh, yeah, I would say. Yeah, kind of right on the nose, but yeah. they probably got in trouble with the CIA, and they were like, you cannot name this this. And they were like, okay, mm-hmm. let's name it Stranger, stranger Things, because it's Stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You may have also heard of this project in a documentary called Dark Files or a new series coming out called Strange World. They both talk about this as well. Or you could just listen to this and then nothing else. Yeah, exactly. We're, we've got it pretty much covered. Yeah, so. we're, we're awesome. Yeah. So how the world first starts hearing about this project is in a book series by a man named Preston Nick, Nick, Nicholas? Nichols? Nichols. 
Did they say Nichols? Nope. Nichols. Nick Nick Charles? The fuck did you just call me? Oh. Um so he talks about this and again, the government mm. kind of is like, this is fiction. And he's like, no, this happened. Mm-hmm. So And why does he say it happened? Because he was there. Yeah, so he claims to have been uh, forced into this. Mm. And yeah, the only reason he didn't talk about it sooner was because they erased his memory. Naturally. Yeah. So, I mean, if they can do all of those things, like mind control, teleportation and stuff, it's fair to believe that. I like there was a post going around a couple years ago about how scientists had discovered that they could erase memories in snails. <gasps> and then all of the comments were like, "Okay, but how do you test that? Like what do you know that a snail remembers?" True. <laughs> so, I don't remember what I remember. <laughs> it's true. Jamie asked me where she was born the other day. I still don't know. <laughs> Does anyone know where my birth certificate is? <laughs> Apparently my mother doesn't know. <laughs> I probably have it. <laughs> Alright. But yeah, so Preston how did you say it? Nichols. Nichols. That's spelled weird. Um <laughs> isn't the only one to talk about this. Stories have also been circulating in the early nineteen eighties from a UFO researcher Jacques Vallée. Jacques Vallée. <laughs> Not bad. And he's sorry, I'm gonna cut you off here because he's it. a really cool guy. Yo, you know him? Yeah. <laughs> Personally, we're pretty good friends. Okay. Um, no, he's a, he's a really renowned ufologist. I want to be a ufologist. Right, me too. There was an episode of The X-Files, because my grandma really liked The X-Files. It was her favorite show. Grandma T. Grandma T. Yes. There was an episode of The X-Files where the characters were like, I think they were, I can't remember if they were arresting somebody or if they were like the good guys, okay. but there were two guys named after Valet and like one other ufologist who I can't remember now. Okay. Um, but then, oh no, because they were later found out by a guy named like Officer Hynek, who was named after J. Allen Hynek, who is another like really, really famous ufologist. Okay. And I always thought that was a funny little nod to mm. them in X-Files. Never actually seen X-Files. Great show. Yeah, I've heard great things. Mm-hmm. Grandma T loved it. So, love you, Grandma T. Love you, Grandma T. Her spirit is with us right now. If anyone was wondering, it usually is. Yeah, she's it, seen some shit. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so he also talks about this, but uh, yeah, Preston Nichols mm-hmm. had repressed memories start to resurface. Which is when he was like, okay, I need to start talking about this. I need to let the world know. So he wrote his book series. Again, highly questionable accounts Mm -hmm. because there's no proof of this. So it's all based on repressed memory. Yeah, it's all based on his memory as well as someone named Al Bielik. I don't know if it's Bielik or Bielik. Al Bielik. Good old Al. They're like the two solo accounts on this. So I just want to clarify. There may not be proof. But if this is a top secret 
government project. How is he going to get proof? Especially if they've repressed his memory. Fabulous question. Because by the time he remembers, it's too late to get any Mm -hmm. proof. And, like, as someone who doesn't remember a lot of things, Mm -hmm. it is not my fault. If I remember 20 years from now, I'm like, oh, my God, I just remembered this thing. Well, the place I'm thinking of might not exist anymore. Mm. The people might be dead by then. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't get proof for stuff like that. And also, the government is very sketchy. Yeah. (laughs) Why would they be leaving tracks behind? Exactly. As if they're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, collect a bunch of proof. That's fine. Yeah, no. They're like, all right, let's sweep the area, burn the house down. Yeah. (laughs) Kill anyone involved. You know? So, like, it's one of those things where it's like, does God exist? You can't prove it, can't disprove it kind of thing. Um, unless you can disprove it, in that case, email us at creepsandcoffee at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I never remember. Yeah, one day you will. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it makes sense also if the government did do this, they couldn't silence him and they can't kill him because that would kind of add to it a sketchy that, death. Yeah, that would look somewhat suspicious. Yeah, I'm so I'm saying. thinking maybe they just said, oh, make him seem crazy and unbelievable so no one takes him seriously in the public mm-hmm. eye. And that might have actually happened because everybody's like, mm, right. Mm, I don't know if it happened. <laughs> he seems a little weird. Right. Like, well, yeah, that's the thing. We're being we've... gaslit by the government. I'm sure we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've talked about this in a, in a lot of different paranormal cases, not even just like aliens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that when we are looking for research, we're more prone to believe people who are sort of directly from the source or like higher ups in careers that we deem respectable. Like if a military officer comes to you and says, I saw something, this is what happened. Or if like a government official comes to you and says something, Mm -hmm. you're more likely to take their account as realistic and believable because you're already prone to believing what they tell you as a as someone who has a position of authority. Whereas if if a farmer comes up and says, well, this UFO lifted up my cow and gutted it without doing anything, and now it's Mm. flipped inside out, everyone's like, okay, you crazy farmer. Yeah. Do your thing. But that doesn't doesn't automatically mean that something did or didn't happen based on who a a person is in, in terms of society. Yeah. That shouldn't matter. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a fair tactic for the government to use. To and it of, works. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Because it works time and again, it's proven. Even in court cases, they want to make people look like they're out of their minds or they don't have anything smart to say. Mm. And that really throws people off, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was my tangent. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so, I'm just going to call him Preston now. Mm-hmm. We're on a first name basis. Mm-hmm. Preston claims that since then he was periodically abducted to continue his participation against his will. Abducted, like kidnapped, or like aliens? I'm going to say kidnapped. Mm. I'm going to say aliens. Okay. For selfish reasons. Okay. <laughs> so as the author of the Montauk Project, and other works apparently, Preston also worked with someone named... Duncan Cameron, as well as Al Bialik. 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 So apparently he's 40-something. Okay. Um, Were you doing the math there? 
I couldn't. So he's 40-something at the time. Right. Uh, do you want to do the math? To 1980? Sure. 30? 34. 34. And yeah, he was working at that base as a microwave engineer. So I thought it would be a cool comparison to talk about Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. I know you probably haven't seen it, right, Kate? Correct. Um, but if anyone's seen it, you know what I'm talking about. He claims that through hypnosis and brainwashing, he was made to forget he was living a double life. Spoilers for Moon Knight, um, but that's kind of the whole premise of the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, so by day, mild-mannered engineer by night, whisked out to participate in brain experiments. Mm. And then he completely forgets and then goes back to his normal life during the day. And that's exactly what happens in Moon Knight. He's just some dude who works in a museum. Mm. And then his like alter ego, who is actually a different person, I won't get into it. Okay. Is like a military assassin hmm. who works under an Egyptian god to get justice and stuff. Hmm. So not exactly like, hmm. but like the no. double life part is right. okay. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. So to learn a little bit more about Preston, uh, he claims to have multiple degrees. Good for him. In psychology. Hmm. Parapsychology. Very cool. And electrical engineering. Less cool. What's parapsychology? I Par- know the word. Paranormal psychology. So, like, looking you at... You can get a degree in that. Yes. Oh, God. I know what, what I'm getting my like... next degree oh. in. Sorry, continue. But basically, like, the social interactions of spirits and, like, how the mind continues to develop after, technically, the body is stopped. Mm. That sort of thing... And he was born on May 24th, so he's a he's a Gemini. Uh, two sides of his life. Oh! Uh, Good comparison. Thank you. I know nothing about astrology. I know Gemini is the two-faced one. Yeah, because twins. He also worked while working on his project with Peter Moon. I don't know if I said that. Moon Knight. Oh! Moon. <laughs> um, but his, unfortunately, that's not his real name. His real name is... Vincent Barbarzik? Barbaric? Barbaric? Barbaric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? One day we'll teach Jamie to read. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway, he also claims that the Apollo moon landing was faked, which it's a whole other episode on that. We got in an argument about that the other day. I, it's possible. Okay. All right. Anyway, all of this stuff. The Montauk Project was apparently happening in the same area as the 1943 Philadelphia Experiment. Do you know that one? No, but I see a note here that intrigues me, so please tell me more. That is all the information I have on it, Mm. but for those of you who have never heard of it, also look into, I believe it's the Belgian or Bulgarian Experiment. Look into that in your own time. I don't have time for that. (laughs) The Philadelphia Experiment in 1943, was a destroyer escort, which they somehow made completely invisible to the human eye. Okay. And Is then, this like a stupid question? Mm-hmm. Is this like a tank or like a ship? That was like a plane. Mm, could be as well. Didn't really specify. Mm. Maybe Google it. I'm gonna. All right. Destroyer 
escort. It's a boat. Ship. It's a boat. Ship. It's a ship. It's a warship. Mm. So they somehow made a big ship. ship. Invisible, of course. And it also started teleporting out of control and going over 600 kilometers in a matter of seconds. Mm. And it went so fast that the men were fused to the decks and then some of them lost their minds. I had a goldfish that did that once. Fused to a deck of an invisible ship well, it fused. that teleported and then went crazy? Well, it seemed like he teleported and then he fused uh, to my kitchen sink. Oh, I think you've told me that. Yeah. he Logically, he jumped out of the bowl, but he dried to the sink and his scales got stuck and my dad had to peel him off and then he died. So, so that is not the same. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> Like, I get it. Anyway, so that's some of the Philadelphia experiment, so as proven by Caitlin's fish. Yeah, exactly. So weird shit was happening. Is basically yeah, weird stuff was going on in that area. Okay, get ready. I'm gonna learn you some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie gave you some background on the humans. The humans. I will give you some background on the place. Mm. Picture this: mm. Long Island. New York. Eyes are closed. You're at the eastern tip of Long Island. <laughs> I'm at the tip. You're right on, right on the tip. Just what? the tip. That's all you need. Yep. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> that is what she said. The locals in Long Island called this place. There are multiple people? Yeah. <laughs> at the tip? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Of course. Oh. <laughs> Call it the South Fork. In the South Are Fork. Are you sure it wasn't a spoon? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, a spoon always leads to a fork. <sighs> ha! Anyway, you're at the South Fork. <laughs> and you see the famous Montauk Point lighthouse. Lighthouses always freak me out. So I don't focus on lighthouses. I focus on a site in the same area <gasps> that is, however, close to the public. Mm. And that is the now abandoned Montauk Point Air Force Station. So this Air Force Station has a five-story concrete radar building, which is topped off by what they call a banana peel radar antenna. I don't know what that means. It sounds military-y. Mm. So big building, radar antenna. Sketchy. Exactly. This is the focal point of what used to be basically a fake town that was run by the U.S. military. You've got roads. You've got multicolored houses that are all very similar. You've got an electrical power station, a commissary, a rec center, a computer center, offices, the stuff that a typical military base would have. It's basically this fake little neighborhood. I picture this as, you know, you know in Indiana Jones, and the kingdom King of the, the crystal, crystal skull, skull, how he ends up in the fake like nuclear town. That's how I I fully see what you're talking right? about. Right? Yeah. Just not for nuclear testing, for whatever was happening with Project Montauk. Mm. So the military occupation of Montauk Point in Long Island dates back to 
World War One. The area was occupied by the army. It wasn't called Montauk Point at that point. It was called Camp or Fort Hero, depending on who you ask. And then they continued to use it into World War Two after they used it as sort of a training facility in between the wars. So during World War Two, they sort of upped the ante at the base and they equipped it with these big cannon-like guns that were mounted on turrets, mm. basically because Hitler was always a threat. You know, they had to be ready. So because <sighs> New York is along the coast, mm. it was a good point. And because it was one of like the bigger states, like more important states, it was always a potential threat that New York would be attacked. So they wanted to make sure that they were prepared. Still is? Precisely. Still is. So you can still see the remains of the turrets that are on the premises. You can see outcroppings of land where there's concrete bunkers that have been camouflaged. All that fun stuff. Basically, the whole area was artificially built up afterwards and covered with an overgrowth to conceal all of these underground bunkers that were connected by what's rumored to be miles of tunnels. So basically like an underground safe space mm. if something were to happen. Think Project Nina from Stranger yeah. Things. There we go. Boomtown. Boomtown. So the base itself is this Kingdom of the Crystal Skull fake neighborhood with <laughs> <laughs> these bunkers underground. So if you can picture that, you're set. And it was done this way to disguise it as a civilian neighborhood so mm. that when enemy aircraft were flying over... They wouldn't be able to distinguish it as a military base and a military operation, so they would be less likely to bomb it immediately because obviously their goal isn't, well, usually their goal is not to bomb civilians. They want want to get as close as possible to a military base. Mm. You know, the U.S. is not always great at the not attacking civilians part. Mm -hmm. Um, Think Stranger Things Season 3. Think the Afghanistan war. <laughs> We're trying to to Stranger Things right now, yes, Caitlin. obviously. It's so, too real. So it was actually a pretty smart way of doing it to make it look like a neighborhood, but actually having all of these bunkers. So during World War II, the entire area was closed off to civilian travel. Even though it looked like a neighborhood, it wasn't like you couldn't just go in and drive around the neighborhood and hang out. Mm. It was a fully functional military base. Obviously, after the war, these restrictions were relaxed. And they eventually established the park, which surrounds the Montauk Lighthouse. So the base itself, during the 1950s and 60s, it changed from army ownership to air force ownership. And that big building that I was talking about at the beginning, like the five story, served as the transmitting tower for the radar system. And the radar system, it used the acronym SAGE. I don't know what that stands for uh, because it's not... It's no longer in Super use. Air. Get him. Yep. <laughs> like official Super Air Get Him. Get him! <laughs> um, but it's a now obsolete early warning defense, so it's not used anymore. We've got better technology now. Are you sure it's not pronounced Sajay? I like it. <laughs> I think I'd prefer it that way. Thank you. Yeah. So when it became the Montauk Air Force Station as opposed to the Army Station, it was used to provide that radar surveillance data. It was used to track aircraft height and a bunch of stuff with identification data and radar mapping, which is uh, far and away above my head when it comes to technology. 
I have no idea. Yeah, no clue. So the base actually officially closed down as a functioning military base on January 31st. I was like, is that a real date? It is. Mm. On January 31st, 1981. Mm-hmm. Could SAGE possibly mean semi-automatic ground environment? That would make more sense than super air. Get them. Because I think that might be it. I like that. We'll go with that. All right. Continue. Yeah, January 1st, 1981. It wasn't really being used for anything. It was just sort of like the military offices at that point. So they realized it was going to end up being abandoned, which eventually it did. So in 1981, ownership was transferred over to General Services Administration, and they did nothing with the land, supposedly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, in 1984, the land was donated by the federal government to the state of New York. And that's when they made it a part of Montauk Point State Park. Mm. So it became part of this fancy stuff. Hmm. If you notice, Mm. it closed down in 1981. And the final donation was in 1984. So there were three years where there's basically no information about what was going on. Even though it was still kept up. Mm -hmm. It was still taken care of. Mm Mm-hmm. The official answer is that the base was sitting idle, mm. which I call bullshit on. Mm-hmm. And the not-so-official answer, but the answer that I'm sure Preston Nichols would get behind, is that there was a little bit more than meets the eye happening in the underground bunker part of everything. Yeah. So what does Preston Nichols have to say about this? If you remember, didn't it say that the Montauk experiment took place in 83? Mm-hmm. Huh, weird. That fits in the time frame. I don't remember what you said. <laughs> it was a nice transition into what did Preston Nichols have to say? Well, he announced to the world in 88 that he'd been brainwashed, mm-hmm. as well as Duncan Cameron and Alfred Bielik. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right that time? I don't know. All right. That they'd been participating in a series of mind control experiments involving exposure to pe- peculiarly peculiarly peculiarly. Jamie writes these things for herself, just so you know. I don't know. She wrote down peculiarly modulated microwave signals. But then saying it, I'm like peculiarly male microcycle signal motorcycles. Peculiarly. <laughs> we have all night. Can you see? Peculiarly modulated microwave signals mm. from an obsolete radar at the now defunct Montauk Point. Nailed it. This project also had the name The Phoenix Project. However, that could be an entirely different project. We don't know. I also feel like they use Phoenix Project for other stuff. They definitely have. <laughs> Not that I can confirm that. I'm just saying it sounds you said very that with familiar. A lot of gusto. Yeah. They definitely have. I wasn't there. But yeah, apparently they actually managed to achieve time travel and manipulation of physical reality by electronic, quote-unquote, mind amplification. Mm. Can you prove it, though? Like, can, can you show me? I want to time travel. Personally, no. Okay. I can't. No, not you. Not you. But, like, the only issue I have with this is, like, if they managed to do that, why are they not sharing it with the rest of the world? At least letting people know it's possible. I have my own theories about why not. 
Do you want to share them with the class or no? I'd love to. Okay. I think it's a selfish thing. But I that's think, so mean. Well, yeah. Performance are not known for kindness. Yeah. I think a lot of it is power mongering. <sighs> and I'll leave it at that because I could talk about a lot of my own thoughts there for a while. But I think it's a desire to be the best and have the best mm. and not wanting to share it with everybody. That's just rude. Well, if you think about it, think about it like this. No, because I'm a good person. Oh, okay. I would share. Well, as I was trying to say, okay. think about it like this. Okay. The guy who designed the seatbelt, instead of patenting it, he gave license for people, like all car companies, to use it. Because he realized that, yeah, he could make a lot of money off of it, but it was also significantly more important to just save people's lives in motor vehicle accidents. Oh my god, that's so nice. Yeah, whereas, look at insulin. Insulin is a life-saving creation. It costs a fuck ton because the government owns it. Really? Mm -hmm. How much does it cost? That depends on if you have insurance or what. If I needed insulin right now and I don't have insurance, how much would it cost me? The average price per unit of insulin in Canada is $12. Whereas the average price of insulin in the U.S. is $98.70. Huh? Yeah. Big pharma, my guy. Oh. But you see what I mean? Like, I think it's one of those situations where... America! Yeah. What is your problem? Yeah. Anyway, that's... Well, I learned something new. At least I can finally teach you something on this podcast. <laughs> I won't remember by tomorrow. I know. I'll know insulin's expensive. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That makes me sad. So, the stuff that they were claiming was going on was a lot. Mm. So, 1988-ish, a supposed underground videotape came out for a bunch of ufologists where three men were basically talking to a small group of people in a in a private setting in Long Island again. Long Island? Long Island. My favorite thing, this is another tangent, my favorite thing is to go, my name is Teresa Caputo, and I like to think of myself as a typical Long Island mom. Yeah. Except for one thing. I talk to the dead. I remember that show. Oh, such a good show. Love that, that woman. That was good. Anyway, just a typical Long Island mom. So, in a typical Long Island home, on the south shore of Long Island. With Teresa. <laughs> Teresa was not there, oh. unfortunately. Well, she might have been. 88. Yeah. She was little. Okay. She might have been part of the mesmerized crowd. Anyway, <gasps> these three men were basically telling their story of secret government weather control technology, <laughs> mood and thought alteration by electronic means, mm -hmm. which... Give me some of the good mood, please. But I mean, as as not good as that might be, electroshock therapy is a thing. There's different mm -hmm. alterations you can make to the brain that are used in psychology and psychiatry. So that's not altogether ridiculous to think that that technology exists mm -hmm. whereas then you look at there's further claims of actual mind control of subjects both willing and unwilling mm. of electronic telepathy which kind of sounds cool and then actual teleportation of physical objects and people 
to... So are we thinking here and then here, or are we thinking telekinesis here, here? I think telekinesis makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Teleportation sounds more fun. Well, it could be either, because later on... That's true. Talks about fabric of space and time. That is true. So, as unrealistic as some of these claims may have been, I don't think this stuff in and of itself is unheard of. Mm -hmm. There are practices like remote viewing that are used in criminal cases, trying to find information and stuff. Do they know what that is? Have we discussed that? We have not. So, remote viewing is basically, I guess, a form of telekinesis or like is it like actual projection kind of okay it's like so you know how in stranger things yeah 11 can find oh my god that's literally remote viewing yeah exactly (gasps) (laughs) so when l does the thingy where she finds people she finds people and can see what they're doing yeah that's technically remote viewing there have been cases that that's the fbi uses remote viewing technology like people remote viewers in cases if they need help but this is what i mean like this is stuff that the government uses in general so is it that unrealistic to think that they're heightening that performance no (laughs) i also want to add it's also not unreasonable because they've even published like recently the uh it's called Stargate or Starseed or something. No idea. The they were declassified documents saying from the CIA that like manifestation is real, mm. putting intent into the world and the vibrations and stuff. That stuff actually works. Mm. Shifting realities. Literally, they have papers on it saying it's possible. Mm-hmm. So, so this isn't that far off. No, and all of these things that were talked about in this videotape also extended into. A working time machine being developed so that's where is it terrible decision we have no idea that's not good no so this video is called the truth about the philadelphia experiment we don't want to go back to the future now do we <laughs> exactly have we learned nothing do we want to go back and almost bang our moms no 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 we don't so let's not do that <laughs> so the truth about the philadelphia experiment took claims from the philadelphia experiment and project montauk Mm. And we're kind of like, oh, things are fucked. Here mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> so all of these things were basically claimed to be a continuation of techniques and technological developments in the time period where the Philadelphia Project and Project Montauk would have taken place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 43 to 83 yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have too much left to say about Preston's story except for the end. Mm. That sounded ominous. A lot more ominous than it is. He's not, he didn't die from this. He is dead though. But not from this. Because he's old. He was old. August 12th, 83. That's when everything goes downhill for Project Montauk, apparently. When a saboteur, Mm. quote unquote. Did I say that one right? Yeah. Among the experimenters, precipitate. Yeah. Precipitated. What does that mean? They helped created. A, okay. They they made a big beast called Junior <laughs> escape from a thought form out of the ether. If you don't understand those words, that's okay. Big monster came out of thin air, running from rampant thoughts. from thoughts, mm-hmm. running rampant around Montauk. 
Mm. It was running around the base. And later he became president of the United States. Oh my God. (laughs) And nobody could control him. The personnel were freaking out. Um, I would be too. Mm -hmm. And they thought maybe if we disconnect the power from the radar, it might like make him fizzle out, disappear, Mm. cut off an energy supply or something. That did not work. So they were like, let's chop up the power cables. Mm -hmm. That also did not work. Mm. But they were hoping that they would get rid of the electromagnetic field because it would lose power. That's a fair assumption. Makes sense. You're going to try anything. Yeah. Oh, no, I guess that did work. I just wasn't listening to myself. Okay. Chopping up the power cables did work. Right. (laughs) Maybe edit that part or just leave it. You want to start it again? Stupid. No. Okay. I don't know where I would start from. It was a run-on sentence for like three minutes. It was. You can just leave all this in if you want. Yeah, okay. Whee! So the beast somehow does lose the power, and it quote-unquote fades back into hyperspace from which it had been created. Unquote. What is that? (laughs) That sounds so cool, but that's some Star Trek stuff right there. Nah. That's, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like Bigfoot. <gasps> Bigfoot was just the Montauk Beast Jr. There you go. Because people do talk about, we talk about this in our next episode, which I'm realizing now. Oh, yeah. So there's theories that Bigfoot is an interdimensional creature. It's from here. So... Could it have been created here? Were there hundreds of years of accounts of Bigfoot before this? Yes. That's beside the point. You may the Bigfoot be- footage was shot in 67 in Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah. Patty? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you might be asking us, Jamie, Caitlin. What? Why didn't the power go down when they first tried to turn it off? Tell us. It's a great question, listeners. It did not turn off because... The electromagnetic field, which was generated at Montauk, had gone back in time to 1943. Oh, okay. When a similar electromagnetic field (gasps) was being generated in the Philadelphia (gasps) Harbor. Could it have been, maybe, I don't know, the Philadelphia Project? (laughs) So the, the theory here is that there was a lockup in hyperspace and one experiment was feeding into the other. So they were both sort of giving it to the other equally, you know? There's a movie about this called The Philadelphia Experiment. I've never seen it, have you? Me either. Well, apparently there's a parallel in the idea of the two experiments and the main characters have to travel back to 1943 to uh, break up the electromagnetic field in Philadelphia in order to save the project Hmm. in 1983. You know what the real monster is? America. It's force conforming. That's what's killing the kids. (laughs) I'm just kidding. What? (laughs) You're talking about hyperspace. Deeply philosophical. (laughs) Wow. That was terrifying. Enough about hyperspace Mm -hmm. and beasts from the ether. (laughs) Let's get back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. (laughs) Gravity, because there's no gravity in hyperspace. Eminem is Is one of the kids from the Montauk Project. 
No, he's one of the kids from the Montauk Project because he has a shaved head. Oh. He's like 11. He's number one. Anyway, so I think this has a likelihood of, I mean, not the lock up in hyperspace sort of thing. Yeah. But I think there's probably a decent chance that the government has done secret testing on individuals. Absolutely. To try and create biological weapons. Absolutely. I don't think, unfortunately, that that's out of the question. I don't know if it was successful. But I definitely think they've experimented. Mm -hmm. And if our deaths get reported in the news, it was the American or Canadian government. It was a government. We died. Yeah. We put ourselves at risk talking about this stuff. For you guys. You're welcome. If you'd like to sponsor our show. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go off Stranger Things. Yeah, we are. And uh, I'm nervous about it. Did you want to do your thing? So, <laughs> you've been on TikTok recently. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not a normal experience. Listen, it's a very specific hole on TikTok I've I found. I don't have TikTok. Do and people about, get copyrighted? No. Okay. At about three o'clock in the morning the other day, <laughs> I heard Jamie giggling from my room. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> so I texted her and said, uh, you Okay. She said, I'll show you in the morning. This is what I got up to the next morning. the whole song stranger things has really been it has been it's been a hot topic of conversation in the mckaysick heptich household it's been gnawing at my brain since it came out like a month ago yeah two months ago yeah uh and now it gets to gnaw on your brains all thanks to the montauk project and if anyone has any theories or anything they want to discuss wait a couple days because caitlin has not seen the end (laughs) True. And then we can discuss in the comments. It's true. Uh, yeah, if you would like to discuss Stranger Things, if you would like to discuss secret government experiments, mm. oh. if you would like to discuss anything, you can send us an email at creepsandcoffee at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at creepsandcoffee. You can leave a comment on our Buy Me a Coffee page, which is conveniently where you can also help support the show at buymeacoffee.com slash creepsandcoffee to help us continue our caffeine-fueled show recordings. Mm. Uh, But yeah, other than that, we are off to go celebrate Jamie's birthday. With Stranger Things. Yes, ma'am. All right, goodbye. Oh yeah, and wish me a happy birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Goodbye. Adios. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at
creeps and cops.